This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. COP27, the United Nations Annual Climate Summit, began in Egypt with delegates agreeing to discuss whether to pay poor countries for the damages they have sustained from climate change. It is the first time the controversial topic of, quote, loss and damage financing has been formally included in the talks agenda. Wealthy countries who are mostly responsible for greenhouse gas emissions have previously skirted the issue. Nearly 230 parliamentarians in Iran signed a statement demanding that the country's judiciary, quote, deal decisively with anyone protesting against the regime, according to state media. Unrest continued in many Iranian cities on Sunday, with activists saying that security forces fired on crowds in Miravan in Kurdistan province after the funeral of a female protester, Nazrin Gaderi, who died on Saturday. Russian-installed officials in Kherson in southern Ukraine said that the city had lost water and electricity supplies because of, quote, sabotage. The announcement comes amid a rumored Russian withdrawal from the city to the eastern bank of the Dnieper River. Meanwhile, Ukraine claimed that the Russians were destroying civilian boats on the Dnieper, potentially to slow any Ukrainian attempts to cross. American presidents, past and present, held compelling rallies in the swing state of Pennsylvania ahead of Tuesday's midterm elections. Barack Obama and Joe Biden staged a double act in Philadelphia, where Mr. Obama told Democrats that, quote, truth and facts and logic and reason and basic decency are on the ballot. Meanwhile, southeast of Pittsburgh, Donald Trump roused Republicans, calling on them to stop the, quote, destruction of our country. Japan's Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, promised to increase the country's defense capabilities, saying that it must be ready to protect itself from rising security threats. He cited North Korea's recent flurry of missile tests and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The message is a sign of shifting priorities in Japan, where pacifism has been a powerful political principle since the Second World War. China reported 4,420 new daily cases of COVID-19, the highest since May. On Saturday, officials reiterated their commitment to a zero-COVID approach, involving strict lockdowns when new outbreaks are detected. Markets had jumped in recent days on the hope that China would relax its COVID restrictions, which are dampening economic growth. The UN's human rights chief, urged Elon Musk to ensure that, quote, human rights are central to the management of Twitter. Reports that the social media firm's entire human rights team had been sacked were not an, quote, encouraging start, wrote Volker Turk in an open letter. Earlier, Mr. Musk claimed Twitter had, quote, no choice but to conduct mass layoffs as the social media platform is losing $4 million per day. And fact of the day. 180 kilowatt-hours a year, the amount of energy used by the average sub-Saharan African, excluding South Africa. That is less than the average American fridge. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. 
What's at stake in America's midterms? Every two years, Americans go to the polls to decide which congressmen and senators to hire and fire. But Election Day on Tuesday has consequences far beyond Capitol Hill. Voters also pick representatives for their state legislatures, where most policy in America is made. They elect mayors, governors, and judges, and they vote on scores of local ballot measures. This year, that means deciding on abortion and voting rights, alongside many other issues. The midterms are an enormous democratic exercise, but American democracy is being questioned by some Republicans. A big theme of this year's midterms is the rise of the election deniers, who argue that the 2020 presidential election was fraudulent and that Donald Trump is the rightful president. Many of these candidates are running for local positions, such as Secretary of State, that oversee elections. Their victories in important swing states like Arizona and Michigan could affect how future elections are run. The 2024 presidential campaign is already looming. A turbulent time for global trade. On Monday, the World Trade Organization publishes its annual report on global trade, the vast majority of which is conducted through the system the WTO oversees. It comes at a fraught moment. Global goods trade bounced back strongly after a deep downturn in 2020, despite many supply chain problems. In 2021, trade reached its highest level as a share of world GDP since 2014. And has risen again in 2022, according to the WTO's current estimates. But troubles loom. Over the coming year, growth is expected to slow sharply. America, China, and Europe are all at risk of recessions. Protectionism is increasing. Amid rising geopolitical tensions, China and the West are trying to reduce their interdependency for critical resources and technologies. America's forays into industrial policy, including the Buy America rules written into a new climate law, have irked its trade partners in Europe and Asia. In time, the post-pandemic rebound in trade may seem more like a last hurrah than a new dawn. How Western weapons are helping Ukraine. In the coming days. Ukraine will receive two national advanced surface-to-air missile systems developed by Kongsberg, a Norwegian aerospace company, and Raytheon, an American one. In October, Ukraine received an advanced Iris-T air defense system from Germany, which has promised them three more. Slovakia provided a battery of missiles months ago. Such weapons are helping Ukraine protect itself. On October 10th. Nearly half of the missiles and drones launched by Russia dodged Ukrainian defenses. Now the country claims to be shooting down over 80% of the missiles and drones that come its way. The danger is still immense. Over the past month, Russian attacks have destroyed or damaged up to 40% of the country's energy infrastructure, triggering widespread power cuts. There are plans to evacuate Kiev, the capital, in the event of a prolonged blackout. America wants to increase the speed with which it hands over six additional NASAM systems. For Ukrainians, these deliveries can't come fast enough. 
Pharmaceutical Firms' Uncertain Post-Pandemic Future BioNTech, the German biotechnology company that partnered with Pfizer to produce a widely used COVID-19 vaccination, releases its third quarter results on Monday. They will be watched closely by those wanting to scry jab makers' futures as the pandemic wanes. Pfizer, an American firm, beat analysts' expectations last week, reporting $22.6 billion in third-quarter sales. We believe our COVID-19 franchises will remain multi-billion-dollar revenue generators for the foreseeable future, said Albert Borla, Pfizer's chief executive. Yet Moderna, another American vaccine manufacturer, fared poorly, citing complex manufacturing issues and writing off $333 million of expired inventory. Moderna, Pfizer, and BioNTech have increased the prices of their COVID-19 products to offset anticipated slowdowns and are under pressure to diversify their drug portfolios for a post-pandemic era. BioNTech is also hoping to drive sales with its new COVID booster jab, which has already proved more effective against the Omicron variant than the original version it developed with Pfizer. But as long as the coronavirus slips down government's agendas, even that might not bolster its bottom line for long. Bardo and the Burdens of Creation Artistic angst pervades Bardo, false chronicle of a handful of truths, which was released in a limited number of American cinemas by Netflix on Friday. It will air on the streaming service in December. The film shows a journalist-cum-filmmaker through a midlife crisis, expressed through a fugue of memories and visions. The inciting event is an awards ceremony. Familiar territory for Alejandro González Iñárritu, the film's Mexican director, who has won Academy Awards for The Revenant and Birdman, among others. Silverio Gama, the film's fictional documentarian, finds that success does not soothe his discontent. Instead, he is haunted by ghosts from Mexico's conquistador past and the drug wars of its present, and wonders about his stature among his clubby colleagues. The film is an anxious examination of how an artist and his work are perceived, and on the pressure to seem sufficiently responsive to the concerns of the times. It joins a recent spate of films examining the challenges of creativity, notably Blonde and Elvis, two biopics about Marilyn Monroe and Elvis Presley, respectively. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers, and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Monday. Which rock star recorded his first single under the name Davy Jones with the King Bees? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Marie Curie, born on this day in 1867. Nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. 
That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.